The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Song is on on SAFM. That's right. Song is on here at SABC Studios, not anywhere else but at Nelson Mandela University. We're in conversation with the luminaries of both the struggle as well as our democracy as we now enjoy it. We've got traditional leaders, we've got academics, and we've got, most importantly, the community of Nelson Mandela Bay, not least among them, their students. The theme for tonight is the role of indigenous languages in promoting social cohesion, and this is all part of Freedom Month. This is all part of instilling a sense of heritage and pride in what we are and who we are as South Africans. My name, South Africa, on this, the 25th day of April 2019, is... This is the viewpoint on SAFM leading the conversation. We're taking your calls on 891 WhatsApp voice notes are welcome on 0614-104-107. Hashtag SAFM Viewpoint. Tweet us on at SAFM Radio as well as at Songezo Mabek. That is where you will find me. I'm joined on stage by panelists in chief Priscilla Billings, who's the Korana leader, more about that later. Inkosi Chongisilo Pokwana Kamenziwa, leader of Amazizi clan. Bapina Ozizi, Bapina Ozlamini, Bapina Ozamabagaschadu. Professor Ngetile Saule, the man who made me a lawyer. Kuko ingo mendi kumbulayo, antifunda el kamaliti Ngetile Saule, iabaganje. Professor Vuisa Tanga, former VC at... Cape Peninsula University of Technology. I have a story about her from our days in the legal space in Cape Town a couple of years ago, as well as Professor Ben Khwadi, who's a retired professor at the University of the Free State, together with Dr. Nozuko Gregua, an academic at the University of Forte. We're in conversation about celebrating languages. 2019 has been declared as the International Year of Indigenous Languages by UNESCO. And they've recently stated that indigenous languages play a crucial role in the daily lives of people, not only as a tool for communication, education, social integration and development, but also as a repository for each person's unique identity, cultural history, traditions and memory. But despite this, you find marginalized communities. South Africa enjoys 11 official languages. But even when we are talking about languages, and that inherently is a problem. There are other languages that by the day they are dying, and yet other languages, although spoken of indigenously by the minority communities here in South Africa, settler communities in political terms, their languages continue to drive capital in social spaces, in political spaces, as well as in economic spaces. And this is going to be the very thesis of our discussion this evening. And perhaps the most appropriate person to basically just talk to us about languages, to talk to us about their value in socialization, in entrenching an identity is Professor Tanga, you're an academic, you are a mother, 
and yet you are one of us in every sense. From an academic perspective, please give us the, the, the core that is language. Please give us what is culture as an embedded feature of language and what is language as an embedded feature of culture. Professor Tanga. Thank you very much. Um, I think the first point one would make is that language is a tool through which knowledge dissemination, knowledge creation is, um, is, is enabled. If you then um, kill language, then it means you then um, lead to a situation where the identity of groups or individuals is also eliminated. I also say, in a democratic environment or situation, the, 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 the grafting pillars of democracy uh, are embedded in a cohesive society. And you can only have cohesive society when people feel empowered and feel that they belong and feel that they are acknowledged. And language is, and culture and identity can therefore not be uh, separated from one another. And it is lamentable that in our case here in South Africa, uh, we actually have not done much in spite of the enabling policy, we have not done much to actually develop the indigenous languages, particularly the African languages, I will say. Because when you say indigenous, you are being uh, inclusive of languages that have been advantaged, the Africans language. But the African languages in South Africa um, have not been developed and invested in to a point where they can become the languages that actually can foster development. And therefore, it is now time that we actually go back to our roots and relook at what the role of institutions are in actually um, doing that. Thank you. Thank you, Mama. As we look to you, Professor Ngedile Saule, you are a man who needs very little introduction, certainly in terms of television and story writing and everything that goes with it. Let's look at the epistemology of African learning, how in language is locked advancement, innovation, creativity, expression, identity, and through those things, we can get political purchase, you can get economic purchase, you can get social purchase. Tell us what is the great disadvantage, before we get to the advances of language, what is the great disadvantage, for instance, in not being able to express yourself in your language or in not being able to express yourself in your culture when it is locked by systems of oppression, in South Africa's case, colonialism, as well as apartheid? What do we lose as a people at a systemic level? Why did you ask me that question? You're the one that made me a lawyer through your, <laughs> through, through your Unyana Womto book. <laughs> you, 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 it's, 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 it's easy, Budi, um, to understand that the, our, our, our history, our history made us what we are not.
and uh, by taking away our language and culture. Uh, your language, whatever the case, whatever language is, it is, it, it helps you to adjust and refocus your vision. In London City, in is Uluimi, Sisizinda, Sengringa. If you can't think in your language, there's nothing you can do. You can learn all other languages, but if you want to do anything creative in those languages, you'll always come second best. The other thing that you lose when you lose your language is your memory. Your memory and historical consciousness. Once you don't have those as a person, you are just like any other thing. You are a thing. That's why over the years we've been referred to as not people, but things. You will never know yourself. You will never know where you come from if your language is not in you. That is why in many instances when you have to explain, rather in many instances you have to explain who you are. You tell people, I am an African. Then they'll ask you, what is an African? And yet, that very person who wants you to explain who you are is himself not an African. It's very, very difficult. And uh, language amplifies the mode of thinking. With a language that is not yours, you cannot think beyond a certain point. But with your language, it's very, very easy because it is in you. It does, it runs in, it runs with your blood in you. So, uh, uh, I, I, I like what that which says it, 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 it enables us to repurpose our history positively. Can you imagine the distortions of our history? The things that we were told in other languages. And, uh, yes. That's a great point. And I do want to cross over. Ah, Chrisila. Ah, Chrisila. Ah, Chrisila. Chief Chrisila Billings, perhaps the last point that Utadanga de Saula mentioned is the fact that in not speaking a language comes memory loss, comes a loss of validation and expression. Language amplifies thinking. You are a leader of the Corona people who for most part of South Africa can be better understood as the Sen and the Khoi communities. And whatever language it is that you speak, I can almost put my head on the chopping block and say it is neither that of the Sen or the, or, or the Khoi people, it's neither that of the Corona people. What have we lost in you who by most assessments and accounts are the original South Africans? Um. What I can say is that language express our culture. 
And for me, myself, that the Koyan San people was robbed. We were forced to, to speak a language. And now, at this year, a year, the 25th year, now I only can speak Afrikaans. And for me, that I was reborn and restored, and uh, it was like, for me, it was like, uh, I don't know myself. For me, it was like, who am I? And when I discovered who I am, that I have an identity, I have a culture, and I have a language, that made me a human being, a koi, a person, that I can say. And language is so important for us because without language, there's no culture. Without language and culture, there's no land. And without land, you can have a language. Indigenous languages and support of indigenous languages Stand aside with land rights, health, justice, education, housing, employment, and other service. So it means that for me, a Koyan son is to belong. And for years, over decades, I didn't belong. I was so young and I was like thinking for myself, um, where do I fit in in South Africa? And I was awake because our language almost disappeared. And when I've discovered the language, it was so a beautiful language to know the four clicks and to know how to pronounce your language. It's like my head is overflowing with rejoicing tonight because of my language that I discover, the Kukuvap or the Nama or the Damara, you can call it, but it's a beautiful language and I need to know more. Before we get excited, I'm sure you're going to tell us what the national emblem of South Africa is when it reads Ike E Karake. And, and, and I hope I've not butchered the language, I suspect I might have, but nonetheless, for the listeners at home, we are in conversation with luminaries. His cultural spaces, Chief Chrysilla Billings, whose voice you've just heard, who's the leader of the Korana, Korana Nation and Community, I beg your pardon. Ingosi Chongisila Pokwana Kamenziwa, leader of Odlamini Ozizi, Professor Ngati Lesaule, academic at Rhodes University, together with Professor Buisa Tanga, who's now retired, but her pinnacle came when she was the VC at the Cape Peninsula University of Technology, together with retired Professor Ben Kwadi, as well as Dr. Nozuko Kwa Indombi, Efundisa Kwano College, An O College! No, ah, no, South Africa, we will be back right after this break. As you might anticipate, we are live broadcasting from Nelson Mandela University's North Campus at Goldfields Auditorium here 
Nelson Mandela Bay, I see the word Port Elizabeth, but that's a misnomer. That's a characterization of a region in the apartheid era. I have to be correct because we are talking about languages today, the role of indigenous languages in promoting social cohesion. This is an initiative between the Department of Arts and Culture at a national level as well as the province of the Eastern Cape. Sports, recreation, arts and culture. With me, as I've said before, we are in conversation with Chief Chrisilla Billings, Inkosi Jongisilo Pokwanagamenziwa, Professor Ngedile Saule, Professor Vuisa Tanga, Professor Ben Khwari, as well as Dr. Nozugo Tlaikwa. And when I cross now through to Dr. Nozugo Tlaikwa, we heard the lamentable social ills that are a result of the loss of language. Most recently, we heard the chief of the Corona Nation speaking about almost the loss of identity and placement when she spoke about the idea that in losing a language, you lose everything else, including land. Once you lose land, effectively, which is what can be deduced from that, you become a nomad. Let's talk now. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm driving a particular point here. You have read the Bible in both Isiklosa and English languages. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. Do you have the closer word for the cross? Do you have the, do you have the closer word for Jesus? Good. So you can translate pretty much any word in the Bible. Is that correct? Um, yes or no? Yes or no? No. But the majority of you can. For instance, the, the majority, apostle. The majority I can. So the word apostle you can translate for me? Yes. Okay. Translate for me, please, the word photosynthesis in Isikosa. Translate the word for me, osmosis. That one, uh, that okay, will have fine. to be my homework because I forgot by lodge now. Translate for me, price elasticity in economic terms into Isikosa. Come again, price? Price elasticity. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Supplier-induced demand. Um, now, I think I've proven my point. There are words in other disciplines that when you have to translate into a local language as Isitos, you now start having to give me explanations. You gave me sentences, you didn't give me words. Which is fine. This is not an indictment to you. This is an indictment on the system. What I'm trying to drive at, and this is the question for you. The question is, the embedded subjugation in the Christian or missionary or religious sense that the Bible with 66 books can be translated in all languages here. And yet, the language of our everyday transactions needs now long explanations because these words do not exist. Tell us about the loss of the social capital, economic capital, and political capital in not being able to be conversant outside the Bible. Okay. Let me, let me begin by saying um, your question for me or your problem that we are, we are, we are trying to highlight uh, by, by those questions, it's not a problem for me. Translation or, 
or having a document in Isikosa, it's not a problem for me, for any uh, learning area or any subject. Because um, there are various ways on how one come up with a term. It's, it's, it's not supposed to be one word only. There is a method that is called a phrasal method. So what we are doing using phrases or using sentences or, or, or explanations to, 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 to coin terms is not, is not incorrect. It's, it's the one way of having uh, terms available. So for, for me, one can use Isikosa for any, any, any subject. I am sitting here now. I am the proof of that. Ten years ago, I produced a thesis, a doctoral thesis in Isikosa. And I was investigating the, 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 the development and the use of Isikosa in science. And that document is available out there. It's looking at terms from natural sciences that were coined from English to Isikosa. It's available. It's used in schools. So it's, it's not a problem as long as you know who are you doing the terminology for. Don't worry that people are going to say, but these are explanations. We know that when one reads that explanation, they will know that they will, they, they, they know the meaning will be out there. So it is possible because after myself, seven doctors were, were, were produced and they wrote their doctoral studies in Nisikosa. So it's doable. Thank you so much. And I think that was a very good response because I, I didn't say this deliberately, but Dr. Gregoire has been involved in several translation and terminology development projects such as mathematics grade R to 6, natural sciences and technology grades 4 to 6, and lastly ICT terminology, that is information technology and commerce, that were funded and coordinated by the National Language Services. And very well, first doctoral study to be written in Isikosa to advocate that Isikosa can be an academic language. That is why that question was pointed to Dr. Nozukotlaiko. But as a crossover now to Ingosi Jongisilo the languages and our cultures through your work with the Pokona Royal Council, I mean, you have spearheaded international treaties as far afield as, for instance, the diplomatic relations with the Royal House of Hawaii, the diplomatic relations with Bunyoro Kitara, the kingdom in Uganda, as well as diplomatic relations at St. El Difanso, Pueblo of New Mexico. What I'm driving at, for instance, here is a small community, by international standards anyway, in terms of language spaces, that has been able, with only leadership and vision, and what resources are available, to come up with international treaties for the Pocona Royal Council, as far afield as in Uganda, in Africa, New Mexico in the United States, in other words, the world's economic capital, as well as in the remote spaces, as in the islands of Hawaii in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Can you tell us about what language unlocks? 
when you make it fashionable, when you take a stance and have a vision and take it to spaces that ordinarily would not be seen as spaces where language, therefore culture, or culture, therefore language, would otherwise be received. Uh, thank you, Khadeb. Hey, Khadeb, hey. <laughs> Um, I think, I think um, the, the importance um, of, of language, sometimes to some of us, you know, the way we grew up. I grew up, uh, I was brought up, you know, by my grandparents, um, you know, who my grandfather was born uh, in, in 1904. So you can imagine uh, the, the, the wealth of knowledge from, from back in the day. So I took for granted a whole lot of things when I was growing up, you know, all those teachings uh, that, that were getting handed down. But I think one, what, what then happened for me was, was to begin to understand it, uh, maybe around the ages of 18, 20, 18, 18 19, 20, when I started to read and, and go to the archives. And I realized that, uh, you know, we, we are more than just a small community isolated somewhere. We're actually interconnected as peoples around the world. You'll read right up to uh, books uh, like uh, they came before Columbus, native uh, Africans in, 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 in America, uh, you know, books like those. So that's, that's when we decided um, to start to link up with other peoples of the world. So if I traveled to another country, for whatever reason, I would make sure that uh, I make time to go and meet with the traditional community in that country, um, you know, to understand, you know, their culture, you know, what do they do, um, and try to compare with ours. I think um, that was born out of, for example, the, the kind of uh, background that I have. A lot of us don't have, there, there are people who don't have that kind of background, who did not grow up in a village like myself, for example. But I think the, 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 the importance of culture, of language, as a, as a, as a, as a very strong element and carrier of, of culture in many ways, uh, is that, for example, it's, it's not just a, a medium of communication, but, um, you know, through language, um, a lot of our heritage, intangible heritage, is handed down, you know, for generations. We speak of things that happened 300, 400 years ago, as a result of we preserve history through it, uh, it contains critical information, you know, about events that happened long ago. And even in your praises, because in that, in that language, in our indigenous languages, you start to have, for example, in my language, you have praises. is bongo, zagokwenu, is bongo, zengos. That's where a lot of knowledge is carried. So if that, if, if, for instance, the language I speak, if we lost it, all of that wealth of heritage, of heritage would be lost because it's not things that you can translate to another, another language. And because you know yourself, somebody in Hawaii learns your language and culture. Someone in Uganda, through these treaties, learns your language and culture. Someone in the United States learns your language and culture. Professor Ben Khwadi, let me come to you. You are the former bureaucrat among us here. And I, I think because we are at a university, I, I ought to take the time to read this. Bachelor of Arts, University of Forte. Master of Arts in Linguistics, University of Colorado, United States. Master of Arts in African Languages, University of Illinois, United States. And would you believe it, PhD in Linguistics, University of Illinois, United States. You don't get more qualified than that. I must <laughs> 
We are broadcasting live from Nelson Mandela University. This is SAFM leading the conversation 104 to 107. This is Song as Amapeta on hashtag SAFM Viewpoint as well as at SAFM Radio and at Song as Amapeta if you want to tweet us. Please do call us on 0891-104-207. If you're wherever you are in the country, even in, in and around Port Elizabeth, send us your voice notes if you cannot come to Nelson Mandela's North Campus Goldfields Auditorium. Voice notes on 0614-104-107. We are taking your calls. Professor Ben Khwadi, as a bureaucrat, let's talk about South Africans ordinarily and their access to services and state documents Esada, 90% Tosa speakers in English. You go to Pura Dichaba, 90% Sutu speakers, it's in English. You go to the Western Cape in Stellenbosch, every document there is in Afrikaans because the majority of the people who live there speak the language. The disparities in not being able to access government services simply through a piece of paper that is not accessible. Tell us about the losses in terms of net gains of service delivery. Thank, thank you, uh, Songez. Um, I think I should start by placing your question in perspective. You're talking about accessing uh, or denial or attempts to ensure that the majority of people do not access information, if I got your question correctly. The, the way this situation is, uh, we, we have to located strictly in, in the state itself, that the state, the, the, the majority of speakers of languages are the poorest of the poor. And the, the state itself is manned by the, the few, the elite, those that have and those that want to ensure that they protect their privileges. That means that you cannot expect them to avail information for the majority, the poor, it is a deliberate intent, in fact. It is a deliberate intent to ensure that capital continues to be in the hands of the few and the majority must continue to struggle. And the day they liberate themselves from that, then they will have access and service delivery will be done. Professor Tanga, you are the best person in the context of this response to respond to, for most parts, the Western Cape carries, rightly or wrongly, a stigma as being very unreceptive 
to Africans at large. We had, for instance, a mayor of Cape Town, or she might have been a premier at the time, Helen Zilla, who said Africans or people from the Eastern Cape, but I mean, it could easily be interpreted to mean that, are refugees. I mean, never mind the kind of language that is used, but the sentiment that that carries in that statement. And Utadukhwadi says this. This is designed, for instance, this type of language, these institutions of using state documents in a language that is exclusive more than it is inclusive. What are some of the challenges? Okay, you can speak from an academic perspective, but for most parts it will sort of filter into other spaces and sectors of the economy. Do we have a sense in South Africa as to how embedded this problem is and how much work, for instance, an institution like the Penn South African Languages Board still has to do in unlocking our identity as a nation, bearing in mind that our diversity, more than it is something that should divide us, is actually a strength. Thank you very much, Sungiz. You, you, you're touching a very, very delicate part of me. Um, because um, I'll narrate a very short story. I got to the Western Cape in 1994 and um, as a potential researcher at the University of Cape Town. And I had made arrangements with the bank in Alice that my checkbooks, in those days we were using checkbooks, there, there was no internet and so on, should be delivered in Cape Town. And I went into a bank in Mowbray to then collect my checkbook. And when I got to the counter, the lady behind the counter said to me, where is the letter when I was producing my ID? And I was confused about the letter. I said, what letter? And he said, letter from your madam. So I was supposed to be collecting a checkbook for my madam because I happened to be an African woman who could not have a banking facility and a checkbook. That was an awakening, having lived in the Eastern Cape for a very long time. That's just but one short story. It is true that the colonization, the, the carving of the African continent that happened in the 1880s by European countries yes. in Europe Treaty of without us, the, yes, uh, continued to happen post the colonial era. So what the premier was then actually emphasizing was the hegemony that African people should actually remain in the corners to which they were confined to. And Helen and Ziller had, was born in Johannesburg, I might tell you. And had no place, and had no place in the urban centers or in any other environment that has not been assigned to them. And she had completely forgotten that 1994 had happened. She had forgotten that blood had been spilt, people had lost lives in order to get to attain 
our democracy. And I don't think that that story you told us is any different to a story of somebody in the Western Cape today. No. Who can still tell it. Definitely. Why not? I was having a conversation earlier with uh, Dr. Sirote, and I indicated that the bone freeze, the African bone freeze in particular, are actually very sad and lament how we were very uh, hasty in actually getting to this democracy to a point that we made so many concessions. And we failed to actually ask certain critical questions and put forward what had to happen first in order to get to that point. And as a result, we stuck now with having to undo a lot of those concessions. Professor Ngedile Saule, I hear you going, mm. And but I'll just assume for a moment that you are agreeing. I don't want to think of anything else. Ladies and gentlemen, this is SAFM leading the conversation. You are talking to Songa Zomabekta, who is in conversation with luminaries of the struggle as well as leaders in social spaces, particularly as it pertains to culture and language. Ingosi Jongisilo Pokwana Kamenziwa, leader of Amazizi clan, Professor Ngedile Saule, an academic at Rhodes University, Professor Vuisa Tanga, Tanga, sorry, who has just spoken, who, she's the former VC at CPUT in the Western Cape, Professor Ben Khwari, University of the Free State, now retired, Dr. Nozukotleko, academic at University of Forte, and of course, effectively speaking, and I want you to listen to this because the roof is about to come down, we are hosted by Chief Chrisila Billings. Ah, Chrisila! Ah, Chrisila! This is how we celebrate women. This is how we celebrate our leaders. Professor Saole, let's talk about the arts and how much they can unlock. For instance, DSTV channel, CakeNet, has four dedicated channels to Africans. Four dedicated channels, and I think it could be five, but let's say four. This is a minority community in terms of numbers in South Africa, and they've got so much purchase you wrote a book, Unyana Womdu, it was made a film, Unyana Womdu, and that produced a lawyer in me, for instance. Because films do produce careers. You've got suits, you've got law and order, and everybody thinks that is what law looks like and is, and so you have a massive influx of law students because that's what they see. The ability of visual images to inspire. Now, let's talk about the fact that Black Panther as a production grossed fifth highest ever in television or movies, whatever it's called in sort of cinematography. There, 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 Hollywood, you had Dada John Kani and his son. Even for a moment, as an African, you had to have felt proud to listen to a language that when you were hearing it, you didn't need those subtitles. What can, for instance, as Utadu Jongisilo said about recording, what can it do that is it features in Black Panther? What can it 
do when we have languages in television made movies exported to britain the former colonizer exported to the biggest market in the world the chinese 1.3 billion people or so nearly a third of the world's population that together with india for instance in the east or to the united states where isikosa features even if for 30 seconds what does that do for that language how much capital economic power lies in the release of such things thank you buji the the, the, the problem lies squarely with our leaders. Leaders who, who, have, who, who, who have more, who claim the foreign languages more than they do theirs. And they, they don't see our languages as perhaps economically viable and yet they are and oh, thank you and 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 you and you know another thing is the neoliberalist sentiments which have captured almost everyone in south africa the domination of our language still continues and sadly and sadly its, 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 its impact is, is killing our, our, especially our youth. The fact that we do not feature, our languages do not feature in, in, in television, and yet they are so beautiful and so rich, so rich in everything, makes South Africa leaner. If our leaders were to see the way we language practitioners see things, we would be better off. In fact, there, is, there would be enough for everyone. But uh, the net of corruption has caught us. We could talk forever about corruption. And after the break, please ready yourself, Chief Priscilla Billings, you keep smiling at me and I feel so important. I mean, if a chief can give me such a beautiful smile, perhaps you're going to give me a piece of the land here in Port Elizabeth. Ladies and gentlemen, we will have to take a quick ad break. And for those who have just recently joined us, we're at Nelson Mandela University's North Campus Goldfields Auditorium, Ebaya Mambozini, Port Elizabeth. We're in conversation with luminaries of the languages of this country, Chief Priscilla Billings, Nkosi Chongisilo Pukwana Kamenziwa, Prof. Netile Saule, Prof. Yisatanga, Professor Ben Khwadi, as well as Dr. Nozukotlaikwa, a lot of them coming from the great University of Fort Hare. It's 2050. It's time for a quick ad break. On SAFM. Seven minutes before the hour nine, before we head off to news, and we are in conversation with great men and women of this country discussing the role of indigenous languages in promoting social cohesion. This is an effort between the province of the Eastern Cape, Sports, Recreation, Arts and Culture, together with the National Department of Arts and Culture of this country, hosted by Nelson Mandela University here at the Goldfields Auditorium in Port Elizabeth. And to answer the following question is Chief Chrysilla Billings, the leader of the Kurana community better understood in South African circles as the Khoi and the San community. Perhaps, Chief Billings, let's talk about Afrikaans because you're the one on this stage who can best talk to the language. What did Afrikaans do 
for the Africana community. Because I think for most parts, South Africans don't quite get it. That when you walk into a, a space that is dominated by Africans people, you gravitate to Africans. They assume you speak the language, they will speak to you in that language, and you will mumble whatever your response is, but their point of departure is Africans. Contrast that with what I expect to have been, to an extent, an experience of yours, in an organization that is not Africans dominated. You walk in there, and people who are there, let's say Amakos, they will gravitate to your language as you walk in. They won't greet you in Isikos. Let's talk about the social capital of Africans as a language before we get into the comments around it. Just talk to us. What has Africans done for the Africans community at large in this country? Um, Africans. <laughs> um, Afrikaans was op ons gedompel. En uh, as ons sien dat die meeste van die, die brein mense praat Afrikaans. En Afrikaans is een taal wat, wat, wat vir ons in die noorder area van Port Elizabeth eindelijk een taal is wat allemaal verstaan. En uh, vir my, ek is beter in Afrikaans as wat ek in Engels is. En ook even beter in my eie taal. Van ek kan eens my eie taal praat he. En dit maak my seer hier binnenkant. Omdat ons gevoos was om Afrikaans te praat. En omdat ons gevoos was om Afrikaans te praat, is ek eindelijk baie, baie hartseer. Want, toe ek uitvind van my eie taal, toe voel ek jy my om Afrikaans te praat. He. Maar hoe kan ek my eie taal praat, as ek net Afrikaans en Engels verstaan? So, vir my, is hartseer. Van het sê in die week is hy. And you can imagine how painful this account is. Here we have the most indigenous community in our country lamenting a pain in a language of the oppressor, so to speak. Don't be fooled, South Africa. We are a nation that is hurting. Continuously hurting. Chief Billings is here talking to us as a traditional leader of this community. And if you trace her history together with the history of everyone else on this stage, she has claimed to this land before everyone else. She is telling us that she has lost who she is. Spot the irony in that. She is better speaking Afrikaans than she is in English. Most lamentable, she is better in both those languages than the language. In Isikosa we say, In two minutes, 
Dr. Klaigwa. What can we do to correct this? You are the linguist among us here. You are the translator among us here. What can we do? And I'm going to say literally two minutes because we have to head to the news. Whatever you don't finish in these two minutes, we will go back after the news. What are the problems that we need to address fundamentally so that we don't have the chief's daughter or son saying the same thing in 40 years from now? Um, the first uh, thing I would say, there's a psychological factor. If we can remove that in our brains, that if you speak English, you are clever or you know everything, then it starts there. And then, secondly, if as, as South Africans, we can advocate that we really want our languages to be promoted, let us use them. Let us use them the way English is used. Ten years ago, I will always refer to this, I used the Constitution. I used the, the, the right that says you have a right to use your, 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 your language of your choice that is coming from Section 30, 30 somewhere there. I told myself that if the Constitution is the Bible of South Africa, then I will preach the word. I will keep on using his cursor in all the platforms where I found, I find, so that the, the his cursor is promoted. I write my, I write my research papers in his cursor. I write for my people. If everyone else not, does, does not understand, then it's fine. As long as my people understand. Thank you so much, Dr. Nozukotlaigwa. That then, ladies and gentlemen, was pretty much the first hour. Very emotional at the end there, but nonetheless very riveting. The conversations, or rather the issues that this conversation is unearthing, is certainly for the benefit of the entire country. Just to round off the first hour, we were in conversation talking about the role of indigenous languages in promoting social cohesion. We have an SMS from Onke, Amabelonke Boni, who says, Great job, guys. I thoroughly am enjoying this. This has been the best human... I mean, this has been the best freedom month present I have ever had. This has been the first hour on SAFM leading the conversation. This is the viewpoint with myself, Song Azamabetle. Tweet us at SAFM at Song Azamabetle. will be open most certainly in the second hour. Take this number down, 0891-104-207. Drop us a WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. And this is how we go to the news in Port Elizabeth. SABC News. Independent and impartial. A proposal to declare KZN a disaster area and death toll lowered in Sri Lanka attacks. Good evening. A proposal that KwaZulu-Natal be declared a disaster area will top the agenda of the provincial parliament when it sits tomorrow. The Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs MEC, Namusa Dubengube, says this is due to the week's devastating floods. The official death toll now stands at 67, with more than 1,000 people left homeless. The MEC briefed the media in Durban.
which will then have a national proclamation declaring a province a disaster because it is clear that the amount of damage is beyond um, the control of municipalities as well as the provincial resources that are available. The death toll on the Eastern Cape flooding has increased to eight. This after heavy rains led to floods that damaged many parts of the province. The latest victim is a schoolgirl who drowned while crossing a flooded river. In another incident, a man from a village outside Mbizana collapsed and died. This after he and his family watched their house collapse due to the floods. Mbizana Municipal Mayor Daniso Mbafumbata says officials will look at how they can assist the man's family. Mesa Gama died instantly after seeing his home damaged by heavy rain. There is no known illness that he had before this incident. It is therefore believed that he died from the shock as he is the breadwinner of the Gama family. SA Decides 2019 The EFF leader Julius Malem has denounced the ongoing service delivery protests in the country. Most of them are characterized by violence. Malema was speaking at a community meeting in Fentersdorp in the northwest where he's on a two-day campaign trail. That's an ANC protest. Anyone who says I'm not going to vote is an ANC person who has not made it to the list or his group has not made it to the list. It's a factional battle. The real person who's got real demands will know that I must actually wake up at 5 o'clock on the 8th of May and go and vote out these people who have denied me this or that service. The ANC's Deputy President David Mabuza says it's exciting that former President Thabo Mbeki has joined the ANC's election campaign. Mbeki joined an ANC forum at the Rand Easter show to encourage South Africans to trust the ANC again. He made headlines when he confessed there was a time he couldn't bring himself to campaign for his organization. Mabuza says Mbeki's endorsement is good news. We're very excited to see former president joining the campaign. It's a boost to the unit of the ANC. It's like we now converging and i'm sure down the line the anc will regain its normal strength but we are not threatened by anyone i haven't seen all these smaller parties they've just disappeared when the anc comes they go under the table authorities in the drc say they've arrested 11 suspects in the murder of a doctor who worked for the world health organization the who the doctor from cameroon was helping in the fight against an ebola outbreak in the country he was shot dead in an attack on a hospital in the eastern city of Butembo. The Sri Lankan government has sharply lowered the number of people it says were killed in Easter Sunday suicide bombings. The health ministry now says 253 people were killed, more than 100 fewer than before. The BBC's Jill McGivering reports. News that the total is significantly lower will raise questions about how the authorities could have got it so wrong. The health ministry, who released the correction, said it was a calculation error but it comes as the government is struggling to restore its credibility amid criticism of its apparent failure to respond to intelligence warnings before the attacks. It's also battling to counter fake news and false rumours about the crisis. This sudden dramatic revision is unlikely to help. The top story, a proposal that KwaZulu-Natal be declared a disaster area, will top the agenda of the provincial parliament when it sits tomorrow. That's SAFM News. I'm Greg Hoos. The Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM.
Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Songhez on SAFM. That should tell you a story. That should tell you a story. That should tell you a story. We are certainly not in studio today. We are broadcasting live from Nelson Mandela University at the Goldfields Auditorium. It's a little empty, and I suspect it is because it's student night. It's pools a Thursday, but I see a lot of young people here together with their mothers and fathers who we are in conversation with luminaries of South African culture, Chief Chrysilla Billings, Nkosi Chongisilo Pokwana Kamenziwa, Professor Ngedi Lesaule, Professor Vuisa Tanga, retired Professor Ben Khwari, as well as Dr. Nozu Gotlegwa, talking about the role of indigenous languages in promoting social cohesion. Whew, I'm running out of breath. It's hot here in Port Elizabeth, but it's happening. So SAFM is leading the conversation, and in leading the conversation, we want you South Africans, wherever you may be, in your car, at home, in hospital, at work, at home, watching television, give us a call on 891 or drop us a WhatsApp on 0614-104-107. Give us your thoughts, and I'm really appealing to languages or speakers of languages that for the most part are marginalized. We are appealing for callers to tell us their experience, their view, their losses, their desires more importantly, with how in not being able to find their language as at points of exchange, at points of contract, be it at the service station, be it at your retail store, be it with your neighbor, be it with your government in the instruments of communicating and receiving government services, be it in entertainment. What is it that you feel about always then having to express yourself in a language that is borrowed by you? And let, let, let's talk, in fact, about the 1976 generation. Uh, let's talk about 1976. I had the privilege and opportunity to go to the Hector Peterson Museum. There's a poster there, and I think if you know your history, you will know what this poster reads. It says, to hell with Africans. There's a poster at that museum that says that. In my interpretation, and it could be wrong, and I would accept if it is, what it was saying is, we will not accept this education system driven by language that is not ours, because then you are telling us we are inferior but to education of fervut. Similarly, led by young people, 13 years of age, Hector Peterson, were prepared to sacrifice their lives for that and they died. 40, 50 years on now, young people, roads must fall. Decolonized education in our lifetime. That thread of 76 is still here, trying to bind a tapestry about the same social cohesion. What are, what are your comments on that? Because you have seen both periods. What are your comments on that? Uh, sometimes uh, we need to stop for a moment and, and, uh, and do an assessment of whether uh, the, the, the struggle for, for freedom, struggle for liberation in this country, has actually yielded the results that were intended. 1976 
was about, um, it was a rebellion of our people uh, to reject the system as a whole. But the language was just a, a medium, really, um, you know, a poster of that, of that movement. Uh, the roads must fall is, is, is also about, about rejecting the system. Uh, it's, it's, it's monuments that are continuing to, to haunt, uh, you know, our people on, on a day-to-day -day basis. The, the, at the center of this problem, uh, and I'm, I'm glad my MEC is here, uh, MEC uh, Tunisia, at the center of the problem is, is, is an honest conversation that we are not having about whether in the past 25 years as it is now, we have done the things that uh, had taken uh, our people uh, in the later parts of, of the struggle to the trenches. 100 years of uh, uh, frontier wars, um, you know, uh, still we would not be able to, to, to we, we were not able, because the struggle was about self-determination, it was about land, it, about, it was about economy. Uh, come 1994, 1994 goes past, it's now 2019. The question is whether the key drivers of the struggle, whether we have realized those, whether having taken over after 1994, the state has been able to be transformed so that it can, uh, uh, it can address the issues that took people to, 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 to battle. You know, between 1968, 1948 and 1968, we were looking at a 20-year period uh, at some point. Between 1948 and 1968, you were speaking uh, about the Afrikaans uh, language. Uh, that government, obviously, it was, you know, about a minority. But if you can look at the things they did, structurally, the changes, because when you take over, yeah. You make fundamental changes in the administration of the state so that the, 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 the state talks to, uh, it answers the questions that, that, that took you to battle. Now, there was a language that was invented, uh, uh, so to speak. They, they, they built universities, you know. Uh, they transformed industry, farming. Uh, they got themselves into mining. They were the bus boys. They, our people were teaching them how to manage our people. We were teaching them how to manage us in the mines. You know? Uh, but we have not done anything, uh, anything substantial really to, I mean, we must, we must be frank and honest in our assessment. So, the roads must fall uh, struggle, the fields must fall struggle. All of those struggles are not struggles that our, our, our children should have fought because we should have made the, the means to transform the state from the word go. That's the reason people went to battle. But we have not done that. Instead, we are finding all the excuses in the book, articulating them very well, the reasons why we are not able to do the things that we are supposed to do. I think we need to converse honestly and say, what are the things? We are not discounting the many things that have been done, but we are saying the fundamentals. fundamentals. We should not be talking about the fundamentals today and, and, and navigating ourselves around them. Is Sego. Let's talk about Is those. Sego. Professor Ben Khwadi, you are retired now. You are out of government. You can actually say what you want. Your age allows you to for that matter. And I'm drawing on from what Utatu Zizi has said. 
institutions were set up to promote language, state institutions, state-sponsored. And you have, for instance, Stellenbosch for the Western Cape, internally, Free State, Northwest, Potsdam, Northern Provinces, Rao, Rand Afrikaanse Universiteit, as well as Universiteit van Pretoria. Why could we not do the same from 94? For instance, and I'm not saying this should have been the prescript, University of Forte, the majority of your students are closer. You need the same thing. Between the two of you, drive is closer. And we will pump resources in that regard. We have got Nozuko Taigwa here to do that, who will take the buttons off from for instance, why in the University of the Free State could we not do the same thing concurrently with Sesotho? These two universities that have been established, they don't speak to that. Why has the state failed to channel those resources? One, two, the misnomer that is STEM being prioritized over the humanities. Do we understand the loss in prioritizing STEM over humanities. Please respond to that. State-sponsored institutions, driving languages at state institutions, and the loss of humanities in prioritizing STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. The, the question relates, hello. It, it sounds very easy, it sounds very easy uh, the way you, you ask it. But if you go back to what uh, Lamini said and to what I also referred to, the state is at the moment the one that would make it possible for Fort Hare, University of Free State or whatever institution to change uh, the medium of instruction to the respective African language. But do you, if you, if you understood, if we understood what Lamini said about the state at the moment, it is not willing. It is there to protect the interests of the few, not the interest of the majority. And therefore, you cannot expect it to make life difficult for the few. Until the day the majority liberate themselves, by fighting, obviously, for their rights, for their interests, until the consciousness of the majority has come to that point, there is just no way uh, Fortier could ever use COSA or any other university like Free State to use SOTO. The, the part where you talked about uh, humanities. And STEM. And what? 
STEM, science, technology, engineering, maths. And you have to, you said to me, you said what you want humanities to do there. I could not get the question clearly. No, no, no. Okay. What are you saying? You're saying humanities are prioritized over, or are you saying science, technology is prioritized? That's what I want to establish so that I can respond. My, my question was, what is your opinion in the prioritization of STEM over humanities? In other words, what is it that we are not unlocking in the humanities spaces that we are trying to unlock with STEM? In other words, what should our national priority be? My view is it should be humanities, and I can advance questions and arguments in favor of that, but why is the country seemingly STEM-inclined as opposed to humanities-inclined? If, if I were to relate that to... If I were to relate that to... Uh, the same uh, statement I made around the state, the means of production, the means of production uh, at the moment are in the hands of the few and they need skilled, skilled people to produce whatever profits that they would like to have to a point that your humanities would not be a priority at all. So it is still the same problem. Uh, the country has realized that our people are not skilled in the stand, you said the stand, the science and technology, and that therefore there has to be emphasis uh, on that so that they could maximize their profits. All right. Thank you, Professor Benkhwari. And I'm going to give you the right to reply to that or your further contribution in a short moment, Professor Tanga. But I must say this, this has been, unfortunately, we've got, what, 25 minutes left. We really do not have much time. And just before we take a quick ad break, I do wish to remind callers, you, you must call us, please, on 0891-104-207, WhatsApp voice notes, 0614-104-107. This is SFM Viewpoint leading the conversation with Songa Zomapetka. Ipayi Ikona! Ipayi Ikona! Halakasa! Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 22 Song. minutes after 21 hours, Songa Zomabekta live on SAFM leading the conversation. We are broadcasting from Nelson Mandela University's North Campus in Goldfields here in Port Elizabeth. The role of indigenous languages in promoting social cohesion. This is the theme for today's discussion, an initiative for this Freedom Month Dialogue in partnership with the province of the Eastern Cape, Sports, Recreation, Arts and Culture is the National Department of Arts and Culture. Luminaries in languages and in traditional spaces are our guests this evening. And more importantly, we have a live audience, which is something quite unprecedented in my short tenure here at the Public Broadcaster, but something I thoroughly appreciate. We've got callers coming through. We've got voice notes coming through. And I would think this is a good time to go to Mafikeng with Hope. Hope in Mafikeng. Are you there? Uh, good evening and to your guests and uh, everybody there. I think the, the, the discourse of decolonization, the difficulty with it is that it pits English against Africans. Africans, which is an it's indigenous language which developed in South Africa. English is a thoroughly colonial language. People want us to defend it at the expense of Africans. 
I think when we talk about African indigenous languages, let's not say English equals to African indigenous languages. I think that's the problem with that discourse of decolonization. It, it actually elevates English. Some of us are not going to be ambassadors of English. If we have to defend English, we must also defend Africans. Because Africans actually, as I said, developed here. Secondly, there are a lot of uh, black professionals who are thoroughly colonized. They think that uh, instead of introducing even uh, African languages in, our, in schools, the, the minority former Model C schools, they would rather introduce uh, French and another language which they say their children need for future. I agree, I agree there's, a, there's a role for the state, government in particular, but you can't have government sometimes is not even supported. Schools used to have a policy where they decide on languages. A lot of black parents messed up that right by actually choosing, not choosing African languages, where it could have given an opportunity for black teachers to actually teach in those schools. Yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's a process that government, yes, but there are also people in their community who are very, very problematic. They say very, very ugly things about our languages and discouraging uh, learners from actually... They even talk, talk in English to their children at home. So what do you expect? Hope, thank you so much. In Kimberley, very quickly, we have a BM. BM, are you there? Yes, thank you for your guest today and, and your listeners, SAFM listeners. I'm coming from an angle of uh, this model that we have, which is called Ubuntu. We did not develop the model to heal the desired results, you know, as, 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 as people of South Africa. And we have allowed ourselves to be consumed by those politicians that are greedy. And I feel that the country has been sent back to where we are coming from. Because if I have to quote Professor uh, uh, Patrice Lumumba, who said uh, corruption is worse than it has killed a lot of people than the Second World War which means even children that are not yet born, they are going to feel, I mean, the, 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 the corruption that we are feeling now because the former president, Tabombeki, warned us about the former president, Zuma, who came on. And that were, that were red flags that we should have given him the benefit of the power to say you can't become a president because of this uh, thing hanging over your head. But there we are. Now we are receiving now the after effects of his presidency. And I can't understand our academics that they kept mom for such a long time. And still we want to give the people that have dragged us into poverty. Now we are moving around with uh, begging bowls in our hands as South Africans. But uh, I wouldn't like to take... uh, uh, My my opinion is that uh, there isn't enough time that we can partake because I just feel that you as a presenter, you have really taken the chunk of the time and given us given us remnants, but at any rate, 
it is a right that problems are there to be sorted out. Yeah, and, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to cut you there because we are live and unfortunately there's a way to do things when you're live versus when you're in studio. Before we go to a quick voice note, I just do want to tell the listeners, we, do, we, we really do appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen and make contributions. Unfortunately, there has to be some order and to the extent that I must, I will do what I have to do. SAFM leading the conversation, 891 we're taking your calls. One voice note, speak, one voice note before we go to our audience for their comments and questions. Uh, I'm very much happy about this uh, topic today and I would like to contribute by saying I think we first lost it when we never attended to our national anthem which puts our language and our ourselves at a very very low pace because if you listen to it it a kind of apologizes and to the question of the uh, uh, the bible and the translation which i know that was made in mount coke mission by missionaries where the uh, printing press is in the missionary uh, museum in king williamstown which also was done in a very very much not much of a consultative mode thank you very much Thank you so much. And we now go to the live studio audience here in Nelson Mandela Bay. Good evening, uh, everybody. My name is Edward Camillo, and I have a, a concern. And my concern is what the, what the chief mentioned when she mentioned uh, that Africans was forced upon us, and especially upon us in the northern areas. I... I I disagree with that thing because you cannot blame the previous government in 25 years down the line we're sitting with the same problem and I've like what one of the panelists uh, uh, said earlier on it is up to us how are we gonna fight this issue of, 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 of dealing with indigenous languages and stuff like that my question is also then, what are we going to do as South Africans to address this matter? And even within our schools, as we, as, as we all know, from the townships, our schools have now been overcrowded by the blacks, so-called blacks from the townships. But we don't have a problem to accommodate them there. They don't have a problem with Africans. Why do? We now all of a sudden have a problem with Africans. I have a problem with the government. The government, they are the problem. Thank you. Thank you so much. Next contribution from the floor here at Nelson Mandela Bay. It's going to be emotive. It's a language issue. It's an identity issue. Shoot. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, do I speak loud enough? Can I speak loud enough? Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, I'm... I'm, I'm very glad for the panel tonight to bring a very good topic. It's not a bad topic. Because the Africans, it killed us. It was never a good language to, to benefit out of it. Because me, I talk Afrikaans. I can see Bayaka Lakahi. I can the pain. I was a delegate for the ANC for the UDIC. Torture of demands 
ባረከፎል ባርከም ድርቼ ከሰቀለት አይንቺ እገር ከዘየር እገር ራደ ከሉብ ባረኻኒ አጎሺ አይሺ ፈረን ዲቪዝን አፍሪካ አንኻን አሰቀለት አሰቀለት አይንቺ ሹ ሜዲካል ፎር ዲ ፕሮግሬስ ባዲ አይንቺ ኮ ማርኬት እንት አፍሪካ እቸ ባይሰክሰስ ፎር ፔነር ፈናን ባዲ ዴሚጅ ወድ አክተርስ ባርከብ ከፒር ብር ኦርት አፍሪካንስ ፈአሊ ኢሹፍ ፈኒ ሲውን ዳርቶል ሴትል ሲውን ዳ ድሪል ሲም ዳ ኦፍዳን የገል ሲም ዳ 85 ቱ አስኢተናል ሰ ዩዲክ ዶክተር ኦፍ ዲማንድ አንፊኒት ፐርሰንስ ፈኒ 85 ፕሮብለም ኢን ማዱናሮት ሹ ሜዲካል ፎር ኦንቸ ሜንት ቫዲ አፍሪካንስ ቸ ፕሮብሊም ሬራ ፍርስታኒ ዲ ካርቦን ኤስ ኦንስ አጀካ ሚየስ ካፈንታክ ባዲ ፎር ዲል ሄድ ኦን ቢ ፕሮብሊም ኦፍ ዲ ሎስ ኤኒ ዲል ካብን ባት ከኖሚናይትስ በነኒረክየርኝ ባይ ዳንክ ባይ 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 ዳንክ ወንስ ፋሪየረት ፎክኒ የናስብሊፍ ፋሳይ ታራፍ ሄሎ ማይ ኔም ኢዝ ፖታይምቢያ አም ሳይኮሎጂ ስቱዴንት ሄድ ናስማንዴላ ዩኒቨርሲቲ አም ፈርስት ኦፍ ኦል አይ ቢሊቭ ዘት ዊ ካናት አም ፕራዮሪታይዝ ዩማኒቲስ ኦቨር 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 ስቴም one of the reasons why we we lost our land was because of the development of science technology engineering and mathematics itself so i believe that um one of the reasons why um we have to prioritize stem over humanities is because stem is the one that absorbs um workers into the economy more than humanities itself if we are going to innovate and develop our country in terms of science and be able to be even able to take care of the land that we want to take from white people we need to prioritize science so that we can be able to take care of our own land secondly i'd like to ask a question with regards to the diversity we have in our country which language are we going to choose when it comes to having that common language so that we can be able to communicate with each other because all of us are diverse here in this country even right now i'm speaking english because if i speak tosa i know that some of us will not understand you are entitled to speak it's a tosa we've had afrikaans being spoken yes should say thank you very much for your contributions nonetheless ladies and gentlemen i just do want to remind you let's try and keep it short thank you my question to anyone of you is how come how come in this time and age post the enactment of the use of official languages act of 2012 that african languages are still systematically excluded in south africa in that the government is of the people and the bureaucrats 90% of them are black indigenous speakers of the same languages tenders are in english which systematically excludes us for participation in the economy of the country thank you thank you papa mr chair good evening i am danki yafta a gaup an inqua of the inqua in the tramdebo we are talking about social cohesion and nation building now my questions i'm having three questions i'll do it quickly first of all if we are really serious about uh nation building and cohesion in the coi there's a certain protocol that must be followed and i don't think you have followed the protocol in putting the speakers or the panelists up there's a protocol that you must follow i i hope the whole nation get it in the coi coi then secondly uh i am 
part of the class of 76, but I don't want to prolong on that. I just want to ask, and my question was, why is there no Afrikaans panelist on the panel? But I, through the discussions, I find out why uh, you don't have the Afrikaans uh, there. But I agree with the guy who phoned there, hope that Afrikaans is actually an African language formed on African soil by the Khoi Khoi and the Hollanders. So you mustn't regard Afrikaans as a foreign language. Then finally, to the government. Ne? What is the regering in Pansal Sigron Wettelike Mandal? I think we did speak earlier about Pansal here. For all on the Kukuguap to unvickle. Wat hulle die afgelopen jaren gedoen? Het hulle geslaag of nie? En dan, lastly, what is the role of arts and culture to develop these languages? And we must also know that Pansalp is nationally and also provincially. And in this house, there are people who serve on the provincial board of Pansalp. Thank, Thank you so you. much, sir. Thank you. Thoroughly appreciate it. We'll take the last comment from the audience before we revert back to our panel. We really are stretched for time. Final comment. Ngokuba noba ungenza ndoni ungumkosa okusalayo kuya kumswa zipadelistipa asiva tololo getina ngoba singaba kosa ikalapo ipolitishenzi zetu zingamazulunga besutu kota kazi tibene nati ziya kumsha asiva tololo awa tetana banike batetana abo ikalapo ba sisuka apisi yapi Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, and everybody can clap. And the beauty about having a live audience, you can actually get the raw emotions and i thoroughly apologize to you my leader for not observing the protocol and i think this is exactly the issue the fact that i am going to be hosted by a traditional leadership and i as somebody who prides myself for most parts anyway in traditional authority and reverence would still break that protocol to an extent it is my fault and i thoroughly apologize for not observing the cultural traditions norms but also it's a sign of a deeper issue where would i find that protocol who would be communicating it to me that does not absolve me from any disrespect but we can have a beer about it afterwards and we can have a good conversation final thoughts unfortunately ladies and gentlemen final thoughts we really don't have enough time we're gonna go to the panelists and we're just gonna shoot from this side of the panel and we're just gonna run the microphone to the very end we've got only four minutes left so let's shoot here is dr nozuko oh Oh, Indian 
ubacingelela amanye abantu ngoba kaloku azothi xa usiya eofisini abo ngekho umuntu uzothethe isixhosa khona ufike pha ugeze ufike uba ke umuntu ozothethe isixhosa uyahumka nesikhalazo khona indawo yesikhalazo kodwa ke ungafika ugeze endaweni thank you so much yes chief chief crisilla on my behalf i want Shh. i want our language the kukubap to be to be uh uh african africans pride that's say pride africans is a belief my friend it will the kukuvup but well it it will lead it mun for uns beskatbar yes it will lead it mun for uns uns muti kan google of uns muti frava kan uns al hierdi besonder jere kreini dat moet beskikbaar wees ons in libraries dat moet beskikbaar wees in instituts dat moet beskikbaar wees in colleges dat moet beskikbaar wees in universiteite sodat onse kinders en ook in skole sodat onse kinders kan leer die name language dankie mama bye bye dankie Thank you. Thank you, Khadir. I think uh, my, my, my remarks, maybe I'll take this opportunity just to respond briefly to what Ukwalo uh, Umtagas Konyel was raising. The issue of uh, the use uh, uh, of, of languages, of, of the English language predominantly, uh, even in tenders, in all the formal government communication, so that every other language is secondary. You know, Dagas Konyel, they killed thomas sankara precisely for doing that for 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 asserting you know uh, what is african uh, not just the question of language but uh, you know folklore make make sure that even government uh, officials the official attire must be things that are made uh, uh, comments that are made in 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 in, in his country so uh, and and briefly the the young man there at the back talks about uh, the importance of sciences, uh, engineering, and maths, and all of that, uh, uh, in absorbing us into the economy versus uh, social sciences. I want, he says, uh, you know, because this is important for innovation and to develop our country. My question would be that let's debate it outside of here. Develop our country into what? What is our national vision? You see, because we, if you're innovating and you're developing something, you should be taking it somewhere. Where are we taking it? I don't know, sitting here, what is our national vision? As, 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 as South Africa. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dada. Mna indwen katas leo songezo kukuba songe abandu abateta apa sikombi minwe kwa banyabantu asizibanda kanyi ukuba singa lenye yale ngaki ukale makayeni etu indone siifundi sayo na kukuko izgolo endizazio eziezavalo Kubabazali, but Tatabanda and Babokozos, Golo, as Fanbaz, Fundis and Golui Milwesinto, Baba say, Quiz Golo, as Fundis Lumilestasimzi, Ukubatina, as his zing or Wutina Bay too. Sisina Meleka, Ukuka, Ukulmenda, Ukulmenda Gayanzanga into a tile, Ukubabeskale, upper good at the base level, at the home level, at community level. 
Then yonke ke ngoku enye into andithi masinga masinga funi ukuxhaswa apho kufuneka khona i resources zoba siphuhlise kodwa makhesiqala esibona ba thina into nesiyenzile ngokwethu ukuphuhlisa ubuthina bethu i identity yethu i culture yethu nolwimi lethu enkosi the 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 issue is there is no political will the leadership is not willing because it wants to ensure that it protects its interests, the elite, so that the that this will be excluded, of course, in the process, so that they continue to maximize their profit. It's as simple as that. It's a class struggle. Just two things. There is no way that we can prioritize the science over humanities because language is in humanities. The reason why our kids fail science dismally is because the language issue. They need to learn those languages, I mean the science in their languages, then you'll see the difference. Number two, and number, number, number two, the struggle for language domination is still on. Don't think that the English are not fighting. They enjoy being dominant. And if we are fighting less, we'll always be dominated. I think that is a perfect summary of what this has all been about. Team that came all the way to Port Elizabeth, Lesejo Mangwanyana, Samgela Ndledle, Stanley Makubela and Sylvester Komani, the tech people in Johannesburg here in PE as well as SAFM Marketing. Stephen Kirker is standing by for the news at 10. Bye-bye.